This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you listen to this show regularly, you know that I have a real love-hate relationship with social media. Actually, mostly hate, not a lot of love. Um, I really think the damage and the destruction that these various platforms have caused in countless ways is still not fully understood. And we do know a lot, right? I mean, I think we are all under the uh, assumption now that um, it's really done a lot of negative things uh, to society, to democracy, to you name it. Uh, the impact has been largely negative, not completely negative. And that's the thing about social media. That's why I'm still on Twitter, right? I have an Instagram. I have a threads. I even have a Facebook. Don't use them much on Twitter because there is good things like watching a hockey game on Twitter is, you know, interacting with fans. And I mean, that's part of it. I, it there are some good things that happen on social media, but there's also, as we say, obviously some really negative impacts of social media. And our next guest has documented a couple of layers, uh, two instances really, where the risks of social media and, and how it manipulates our way of thinking that are really quite incredible. I was fascinated by this research. So Juan uh, Morales is joining us now, an assistant professor of economics at Wilfrid Laurier University. Uh, Juan, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate you being here. Hi, Jay. Thank you for having me. Let's go through it. You, you, like I say, there's two pieces, so we'll, we'll break them apart and go one at a time here. First, the power of likes, which I, I, this was so interesting, but it makes so much sense. What did you study when it comes to likes on social media? Great. Yeah, so what we did essentially was we conducted an online survey experiment in which we randomized participants to two different groups, one of which was seeing a set of let's say, posts, social media posts with high likes and another set of posts with low likes. And then we did the opposite for the other treatment group. And the idea of this online survey experiment was that it, was, it allowed us to very precisely measure the effects of these, let's say, one mechanism through which social media can have an effect on our opinions. Because as you said, uh, there are many sort of well-documented effects, but uh, by doing this in a sort of control setting, we are able to really precisely try to measure one specific effect. Okay, and you found that, yeah, actually, that there is an effect, right? I mean, the more likes, the more, I guess you want to call it approval, online approval, I don't know what it is, um, will affect the way people see an issue, right? That's right. So this comes with a nuance, though, because what we did okay. was we uh, did this survey across a sample of representative, a representative sample of the population in the United States, Ireland, and, and um, Italy. But what we found is that the effect on average was actually zero. However, this comes with a caveat because what we classified as active social media users, so those that are using social media for more than one hour, for these users, we did see an effect of the likes. Which is kind of amazing because you, I mean, it, it, it all follows if you just think it through for a second, right? Juan, I mean, if you talk about people who spend a lot of time on social media, they consider themselves to be more politically engaged. Now, I, I would argue that they're more social media politically engaged, which isn't necessarily reality, but it's a big part of it. Um, so they're 
but they're also probably more likely to be in a bubble. Would that be fair? Where what they're seeing is going to reinforce the way they feel. It seems like it's just all the things we've heard about social media. Um, it, it, this is just the example of how it all comes together, right? Absolutely. So you're right that there is an issue with what we call eco chambers. However, this also has been sort of uh, contested a little bit by, by some recent studies that say actually people are actually exposed with both uh, to both sides uh, to some extent. Mm-hmm. Now, by doing this uh, sort of experiment, we're able to sort of really hone down in one specific mechanism. And you're right that social active social media users tend to be more politically engaged. And this is something that we also documented in our survey. In fact, but it's not just online engagement. So we also ask people about whether they voted or not, and social media users are more likely to vote, and social media users are more likely to discuss policy issues with friends, not just online, but also offline. So these social media users, at the end of the day, are tend to have uh, potentially, uh, let's say, a disproportionate voice when it comes to political decisions. So, so what's the takeaway then? Um, you know, it, 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 is it that we're we're swayed that our our view of things can be is it group think it's kind of well a lot of people agree with that they must be right i mean what do you make of the final analysis here exactly so you're exactly right so some of it is is exactly this so if i see something that appears to be more popular i tend to gravitate to that right and again this comes with the caveat that it's not everybody that's doing this and some people are not even paying attention to these likes but the fact that the individuals that are have potentially more voice in this political process is, is something that we have to have in mind the other study that you did, the other thing that you looked at, um, a change that Twitter made prior to the 2020 election in the U.S. to try and help and to try and deal with some of the problems that we've talked about here. What was the change they made and why did they make it? Great. So before the U.S. Uh, 2020 presidential election, what Twitter did was what they changed uh, the way in which the retweet button works. So the retweet button is just how you share content on Twitter. And what they did was essentially they added a small friction such that when you press it, instead of sharing your content right away, it would... Um, ask users to essentially prompt a quote tweet. So essentially, almost like uh, nudge them to leave a comment on the content that they were sharing. And mm-hmm. the idea of the intervention was that you, get, you would get people to be more mindful and more thoughtful about the content that they were sharing. Did that happen? Did it so, work? Yeah, so good question. So what we find is that on average, so what we did was we collected data from U.S. news media outlets to see the extent to which this uh, slowed down or not a new circulation, right? Yeah. So shares, essentially, for news posts. And what we found was that, on average, it did slow down sort of um, uh, the sharing of posts by about 15%. Okay. However, I mean, and, and, and really the idea of Twitter here was that they would slow down, uh, really, the the spread of harmful sure. content, right? Yeah. So what we did was we, uh, we looked at, essentially, third-party classifications of the journalistic quality of these outlets, and we try to investigate whether the outlets that tend to have more misinformation, that tend to spread more false news, whether these outlets were affected more by the change. And what we find that was that that was not the case. And if anything, they were affected less. Why do you think that is? Why? Because you're saying that the actual, you know, the reliable and, you know, those news sources, they were affected more so than the ones that you know and have been documented for sharing false information. Why do you think that is? Exactly. So, I mean, we we don't know exactly what that is, but the other piece of evidence that we had, so we did a similar comparison comparing, let's say, uh, outlets of different political leaning, right? So outlets that tend to be more right-wing, more conservative, versus outlets that tend to be more left-wing, more liberal. And what we found was that the effect was actually larger for 
liberal outlets. So for these outlets, the effect was of around 20%, whereas for right-wing conservative outlets was of only around 5%. And for wow. this particular, let's say, differential impact, what we found was that uh, conservative users, uh, let's say, adapted more uh, quickly to the change in the user interface. So essentially, they were, it was easier for them to, let's say, ignore Twitter's nudge, mm-hmm. whereas it seemed to be the case that for liberal users, they were more likely to adhere to this and to potentially not share as much content as before. So it's possible that there was a similar, uh, let's say, change along the lines of uh, misinformation and not misinformation. So... What what do you make of this? I mean, what's the what's the takeaway from this one? What have we learned? Because I mean, we all know that this is a problem when it comes to social media. How we view the world can be drastically shaped by social media. What does this tell us about how we're, you know, uh, interacting with these platforms? Absolutely. So I think the, the the one key takeaway message here is that the effects here can be quite nuanced and sometimes they're they're very subtle, right? So one thing is we need to be aware of this. And as social media users, we need to be mindful of the way in which we use social media and try to be aware of, okay, what's happening here? How am I changing my behavior? How am I changing my opinions? Is, is this affecting me in a negative way, right? Because at yeah. the end of the day, Social media is not going away. So we need to sort of be mindful of this and try to really, at the end of the day, maximize the benefits of social media and try to minimize the harms. Yeah, which we've been talking about for a while. And this is just another example of what we need to be aware of. One fascinating research. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. I appreciate it.